You're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. Okay, I have a question. Shoot. So if, let's say, near future, hopefully near, uh, you are EGOT. You have won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Okay. What do you want each of those things to be for? And please say background roles. <laughs> um, you know, I would love, uh, the Tony, I think, should be something um, just like way out of left field. <laughs> just something where people are like, she was nominated for that? Yeah. Um, like something bad or something they wouldn't expect you to be in? Something they wouldn't expect me to be in. Okay. Um, I'm thinking, like, I don't know, Timon in The Lion King. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like the first female Timon. Um, uh, I think for the, gra- I don't know, I love an audiobook, but I'm also a singer. Yeah. So I'd love, to, I'd love to like guest uh-huh. on an album um, and have the album win something. And then that way that was I, I, yeah, okay. I get that. That's how I get my Grammy. Um, I don't know. It'd be fun to win. I feel like the only Oscar that I'd ever be like considered for would be an acting award, which is stupid. Um, you could direct something. I could direct You could something. write a short film. Mm, mm. Actually. There's nothing stopping you from writing a short film. Animated short. And to steal the prize away from Disney. Yeah. Actually, animate a full movie to steal the prize away from Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Boo corporations. <laughs> um, boo the Disney monopoly. Yeah. What's left? Uh, the Emmy? Yeah. Oh, I want to be on a soap. So you get a daytime a Emmy. A daytime Emmy. I want so a daytime So you'd be a daytime Emmy. EGOT. Yes. Exactly. Okay. What so, about you? Okay. So I obviously want to win Best Actress in a Leading Role. Mm-hmm. That's my Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to think about any, like, I, you know, I've been practicing that, spe- practicing that speech in the mirror since birth. Sure. Um, and, but, in, like, in contrast, I want my Emmy to be guest appearance on a sitcom. Okay. So, a la, um, like, Bruce Willis on Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I want my Emmy to come from. Brad Pitt on Friends. Anyone on Friends. Mama, if you're comparing me to Brad Pitt, I'm in a great <laughs> position. Um, I want my Grammy to be... Um, an audiobook. Not a spoken word album? No, an audiobook. <laughs> I want some I want to read like a ya book, like a young adult fiction novel, and somehow get nominated for that Grammy. And then my Tony either has to be for something phenomenal, like I direct this in like credible like Chekhov revival, mm-hmm. or for again something <laughs> way out of left field where it's like best supporting in a musical role but i'm like the girl who can't sing and singing in the rain uh spider-man and spider-man turn off the dark <laughs> you leave julie Taymor alone <laughs> i think about that show all the time um have not listened to a single note of its music <laughs> i also take it back i would like my emmy to be for an appearance on sesame street yeah, yeah. love that yeah would that be in the variety category <laughs> I think so. I actually have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I think about it sometimes about like the weird ways that people can achieve in this life or underachieve as we're about to talk about <laughs> in the fifth season of Teen Wolf. Oh, uh, you are listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf podcast, a podcast where we talk about MTV's Teen Wolf. My name is Christian. I'm Julia. And we are ready to rock and roll. Um, apparently people weren't expecting us to have this quick of a turnaround into our fifth season after hiatus, as I was hearing on Twitter. Um, but we are built different. <laughs> also, um, I feel like people have gotten used to, um, quarantine related hiatuses and 
We're not doing that anymore. No, no. In fact, we have an updated release schedule and our new schedule for the podcast is a double whammy. We're hitting twice a week on Fridays and Wednesdays, I think. I think so. Season five is very long. Um, It's just like an extended episode season. Yeah. It's an extended season. So we're trying to knock it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're going hard and fast now only to experience inevitable burnout in like two weeks. Uh, you know what? I am looking towards the future <laughs> with hope and yeah. 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 And hope often comes from you guys, our wonderful wolf pack. In fact, we just got another five star review, which Julia is going to read out loud to us. Mm-hmm. A reminder, if you guys leave us a five star review on iTunes, we will read it out loud on the podcast. And if you leave your Twitter handle, we'll give you a shout out on Twitter. And also... It makes us happy. Exceptionally so. And it's how other people, other, you know, Teen Wolf fans find us and listen to our podcast. So please leave us a review. And uh, without further ado, here's the most recent one. Yes, this one, I um, woke up. It was 830 in the morning. We were both getting our first cup of coffee. And I came in guns blazing to the kitchen saying, Christian, guess what? She fully scared me. I fully (laughs) spilled my coffee. (laughs) So um, five stars from Sadie Q. Uh, What an amazing and fun podcast. I fell in love with Teen Wolf a while back and I got my parents watching watching it with me as well kudos to you sadie q i have not been able to do that i want to meet your parents yeah truly um my parents are like oh that show you like (laughs) the thing that you talk about every week she goes on to say however i was not able to get my friends to watch it so bad friends so being able to listen to you guys talk about it has been a really has been really nice we share the same opinions on teen wolf and i feel a part of the conversation you guys have become a part of my daily routine thank you so much for this podcast i'm eternally grateful for finding it that's so sweet if you are listening to us every day i am so sorry for the brain worms (laughs) um yeah i there are a few podcasts i remember um like in high school one of my friends went back and watched every single vlogbrothers video in order this is back when there were only like a hundred of them yes i remember you could not do that now no and i have tried and i've tried it with like other podcasts and i'm just like brain brain worms i've seen people try to do um like basically to listen to every episode of Welcome to the Night Vale, which you don't need to do. Like, I know. You can just jump in anywhere. And as good as all of it is, I, I there is a, nary a project as consistently excellent as Night Vale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not imagine trying to get in all of it. That is That has been like my big barrier to Night Vale is that I have this like uh, just conception that I have to listen to all of it. And intellectually i know that's not true i actually think you have to listen to like the first 15 episodes you have to get to the glow cloud wheat and wheat byproducts and then waiting for the bus in the rain and then you're good you can jump in anywhere i know two of those three things which ones do you know uh oh the glow cloud and waiting for the bus in in the rain do you know about the cat in the bathroom no oh well you're you're in for a treat when you get there um but yeah, I mean, just a wonderful, wonderful review that makes our hearts sing. And, and again, it helps us find new members of the Wolfpack. It, it, we've built like a really strange, wonderful, excellent community of people who love talking about Teen Wolf. And that's another way that we find more people to hang out with. And we're lonely. So. <laughs> and um, everybody loves a good little boost mm-hmm. every now and then. Yeah. So again, you guys can leave us a review on iTunes or if you're really feeling frisky, you can buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. But yeah, this is, that was a great way to kick off season five. We got the review just a couple days ago and I was like, 
oh, that's so fun. We have something to talk about on the podcast besides Teen Wolf, as if we ever talk about anything that is actually Actually, related to Teen Wolf. mm. No, it's just a a breakdown of our um, imaginary EGOT. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were talking about it and I just, you know, I want to know what everybody else's imaginary EGOT is. Drop it in the comments. For all we know, we have like master composer listeners who are like, well, I actually composed a concerto and here's how I want my EGOT to go down. I want to be like the next, what's his name? Hans Zimmer. (laughs) First of all, send us a concerto if you have it. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to hear it. Uh, Send us your weird talents. Show us. uh, When people show us like their fan art and stuff, I'm always so blown away. Oh, because I, I love can't it. even hold a pencil. No, yeah, holding a pen is a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> don't even get me started on crayons. <laughs> Which, by the way, for anyone wondering, is the correct way to pronounce crayon? Crayon, yeah, crayon. When I, I feel like I first started meeting people who were like, "It's crayon," and you're like, "No, absolutely it's not." Like it sounds like you're doing an affectation, and you're like, "Crayon." Yes, hand me the crayon. The jeans. crayon. The crayon. The crayon. <laughs> crayon. It's Listen. a crayon. <laughs> it's a crayon, and you hold it with your whole fist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, Julia, how are you feeling about starting season five? Honestly, but not that honest, you know? Honestly, um, so I have only watched this season once, um, which we're, we're in that territory You'd now. You'd think that I have only watched <laughs> it nuns. <laughs> um, and I don't really remember a lot of it. And so this um, particular opener felt a little um, chaotic, but there are a lot of elements to season five that I think are really cool and like aesthetically pleasing. I think the design of the Dread Doctors is so interesting. Um, and I, I I am interested in like the interpersonal conflict that comes up in this season. So I am uh, intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I don't remember anything, so this is going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're gung-ho. What about what about you? I love the design. Mm-hmm. I kept on thinking I was like the aesthetics with the exception of the silver Sharpie, which I know is actually just like um, edible, like shimmer dust in corn Gl- glitter, syrup, yeah. but it looks like silver Sharpie. It looks like you broke open a metallic marker. Yeah. Um, like, I think some of the design in this season is really good. I think that a lot of our actors get pushed to the best of their abilities in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also, and also, one of my favorite villains, Theo. Love him. Has shown his face. Although I said to you, right, when he showed up, I was like, oh, damn, I forgot that Cody Christian had short hair in this season. Because when he shows back up in <laughs> season 6B with his long hair, I was like, oh, oh I had never thought he was cute before until right now. Yeah, he's got kind of like a military high and tight yeah. right now. So, But that um, was so in it was really at the in. time. That yeah. was the haircut you had to have. For sure. <laughs> Um, this haircut is everything. But he's, you know, their fourth grade friend come to play. Yeah. So. In like a creepy sort of like evil doll way. Dun, dun, so that'll dun. be fun. Um, before we get too deep into this episode, dear Julia, we have to do the 60 second recap. <laughs> and before we even do a game of rock, paper, scissors that I am going to lose, you're going to go first. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, that's okay. I had to write on both pages of my piece of paper. So if there's any rustling, I apologize. But this um, episode was busy. Jam packed. I feel f- like we say that every single episode of Teen Wolf as if they're not all jam packed. But sometimes. Maybe we just have to accept that we're bad at watching TV. 
Um, but this episode is busy. It is the first episode of season mm-hmm. five called Creature of the Night. Strangers <laughs> in the Night. Um, yes. <laughs> We've been seeing Frank Sinatra since we found out the title. Uh, so you're welcome for that particular brainworm for the day. Yeah, you're welcome for my lovely performance. Yes. Um, directed by Russell Mulcahy, written by Jeff Davis, and Julia is about to break it down for you all in 60 seconds. I Are sure you am. ready? Mm, yeah. Well, get ready. Mm-hmm. Are you? Yes. Really? No. Okay, well, right. too bad. <laughs> One, two, three, go. Okay, so Lydia is at Eichenhaus, and she's like totally non-responsive in this special ward, and then a nurse tries to kill her, and she does her little banshee scream to escape, and she's fighting in her like banshee screams, but she actually loses and is hallucinating Aiden. Um, all of her friends are going to die. So scary. Styles is planning what they're all going to do um, after senior year, and they're going to college, um, and Scott starts talking about how um, life has been really good for six months, which is super suspicious, so things are going to start getting bad again. Um, they had to tie Liam to a tree because of the full moon, and he says he's fine, but he's actually digging his uh, claws into his palm there's a big storm parish um just wants to be helping out again but he gets sent for a noise complaint and then gets attacked by like a random oozing stranger in a wall um and he wants to know where scott mccall is um the boys are in the jeep and it breaks down there's some scary lightning strikes and they go to pick up malia because there's some cool like senior thing um that camara i think shows up to the house and then he learns that all of the seniors are going to be at the high school because melissa is like oh it's a senior scribe or whatever kira's stuck in traffic coming back from manhattan and then we see theo for the first time liam and scott have like a little moment in the hospital about how liam is so strong and it's very cute um but Liam's really struggling. Kira went to New York and Scott's like worried that um, she slept with Ooh, other girly men. pop, you are done. I also absolutely lost my shit at <laughs> random oozing stranger in the wall. That is what it is. It sounds like a Fall Out Boy song title. Um, by Fall Out Boy. By Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Um, you know, you're welcome yeah. for the song title suggestion. Also, when you said Chimera, it sounded like Camaro. And I was like. My favorite car. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Not the new ones, though. They are ugly. All new versions of muscle Sports cars, cars yeah, are ugly. Are really muscle ugly. cars used to look so cool. I mean, they're horrible for the environment. Mm-hmm. No airbags, no seatbelts, but they looked cool. Because if you're going to go out, you go out you looking got, cool. You go out driving a 75 Dodge Dart. Exactly. Um, are you ready to try and beat me as our, at the recap well as our listeners well know i am never ready but occasionally do beat you so <laughs> okay um you are gonna recap this episode for us in three two one go so we open at eichenhaus and sort of a flash forward and lydia is catatonic and she wakes up and she screams and she tries to escape and starts hallucinating it and then scott explains to styles uh, or styles explains he's got his plan for college because he's really worried about senior year and scott is worried about how things have been good recently and liam is tied to a tree and then they try to leave but there's all this like weird crazy lightning storm stuff and then Parrish like uh, confronts Sheriff about not being able like not trusting him and then Sheriff, Sheriff sends him on a noise complaint and he gets attacked by a chim- chimera and then um, um, the jeep dies and like there's all this crazy lightning stuff and uh, Mr. Tate and the students try to lift a tree and Lily does it on her own and she's really worried about whether or not she's going to be a senior and then um, uh, the chimera is like stalking Scott and sees and, and his mom and the Yukumeras are stuck in traffic and they kind of see Theo for a moment and then Liam admits that he's really having trouble like with shifting and stuff and then Styles and Malia scare Scott about his relationship with Kira because she's been gone all summer and then um, Scott goes to find her and then she hasn't cheated on him because obviously she hasn't and then Styles and Malia do have a heart to heart about senior year and then Donovan gets arrested he'll be important later the sheriff is worried about Parrish and goes to find him Scott um, gets tangled up with the chimera and that's time Scott gets tangled up with the chimera Theo comes to try to save him Scott cannot be messed with because he's a true alpha 
Um, but then Theo was like, hey, remember me from fourth grade? And Scott's like, yeah. And Styles is like, uh, yeah. And suspicious. Suspicious. And they do the senior scribe. They write their initials on the uh library shelves including Allison's initials and then it cuts to the Dread Doctors where we get our first little bit of information about them and how they are sending the chimeras which we don't know what they are yet Mm -hmm. after Scott and then flash forward again to Lydia at night in Eichenhaus and her hallucination of Aiden is actor is actually Dr. Valak trying to figure out what's up with her because we will later find out that he is like the nemesis of the Dread Doctors. (laughs) Dun 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 and he no longer has a hole in his head but he tries to put one in Lydia's. I think he does. Um, when Styles finds her, she's all bleeding out of the side of her head. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Nasty. I mean, good for horror's sake. Like, yes. I don't want to start actually complaining about the body horror, because when you think about the stuff where, like, things that should have Teen Wolf body horror that don't, mm-hmm. it's like... Oh, when I am talking we accept, about... We accept the silver <laughs> sharpie we think we deserve. <laughs> no, I actually... That's part of the reason why, like, trepanation is just so terrifying. One, because we've, we've heard about it so much on Teen Wolf already. Crazy. Yeah. It's not a concept I knew about before watching Teen Wolf. But the fact that it keeps coming up, um, it's really effective body horror. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I also think it's like, I, what's the fear of like holes in things? Uh, trypophobia. Disgusting. Yes. Which I actually don't, like it's not real, but it's like one of those things that you trick yourself into thinking that you have. Well, I actually yeah. just think that of course that makes you uncomfortable. It is like a reflection of something being harmed. Yes. And also um, humans are just like tiny holes. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank Ugh, you. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, fact. Oh, Moving really on. Listen. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about this episode um, through the theme of transition. Mm. We kind of talked about how season four was a transitional season for us into like the sort of latter half of Teen Wolf. Um, we have a fil- we have kind of officially moved into the latter half and Things are very different, and we are moving into a different stage of life for a lot of our characters, a different state of being for some of our characters. Um, It's interesting, and transitions cause a lot of anxiety and also can exude a lot of excitement from some people. Um, And I'm really interesting to sort of hear what you have to say. I'm really interesting. I'm really interested. You are really interesting. Oh my God, thanks. Do not fluff my ego like that. I'm really interested (laughs) in hearing what you have to say about um our characters where shall we start i kind of want to talk about liam okay who is our only main character who is not a senior yes at this moment and he is watching all of his friends go through this transition to getting ever closer to the adult world um which they're all already in because they're all already saving the world but anyway um And he, I think, is kind of worried about how that transition's going to go um, because he's still a baby werewolf. Yes. And he needs his friends. It's interesting to me because uh, Liam is sort of placing his fear of his own transition into being a self-sufficient person on the idea that it is other people's transition that is going to negatively affect him as opposed to his inability to transform being Mm -hmm. that he's sort of putting the onus on Scott. And that's why he's so desperate to be like, I'll go with you. I'll go with you tonight because I'll just, you know, I can do that. And Scott is like, 
dude, this is like a senior thing. And part of that is because Liam is unwilling to admit that he fears that he will not be able to fare without Scott. And I think that actually is part of the reason why he's having a hard time controlling his shift is the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is about to go, he is about to, um, sort of an en- endure a sort of shift into maturity, which we hadn't actually seen in the last season. He was relatively protected by Scott being like, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, watch from afar. And now he's very much in the fray and it's occurring to him that, um, he's on his own after Scott leaves. And that is terrifying. Terrifying. And also I think especially, um, hurtful or perhaps frustrating for him when he has made this active decision to be part of the pack. Um, and part of that is probably spurred by just like the genetics of being a werewolf, like they're pack animals and being an Omega is just a horrible, lonely thing. Um, but you know, Liam had expressed all of this hesitation about being part of a pack whose mission basically is to like save the world and save other people because he didn't think that that was like his, um, his ish basically. Mm -hmm. And he when he went to Mexico to them with went to Mexico with them vacay <laughs> when he when they went to vacay with the sepia filter on um you know he is the one to bring Scott back from the brink he has not only decided to be part of the pack but he's like fully earned his place within it and so the idea that like you did all of this work and you um have tried so hard and made so much progress and then it is all going to crumble away from you is so terrifying and it's not even necessarily like the work he's done will crumble without him it's that um you know the foundations on which he's built it will no longer be there. He will not have the stability yeah. of the pack. And that is terrifying. And you know, you I'm sure had this thing where you had younger friends in high school and even college where all of a sudden you were graduating and they were like what am I going to do? do? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like think very notably my friend Sam, we were all looking around. She was 2 years younger younger than us when we were in college and we all looked around in my kitchen one day and we were like Sam, who are you going to hang out with next year? And she said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it really broke my heart because I love Sam and we all love Sam. But it it is something where it's like if you um, – in that part of your life, high school, college especially, uh, there is something to be said about being in the same age group as somebody. Like now it doesn't matter how old anybody we know is because no. we're all in the sort of same place in life. Where it was like, just like the tectonic plates of, you know, the shifting through high school years can completely disrupt your flow. And that's, that's a, a, a terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is probably a part of Liam that's like, does that mean I'm my own pack now that I have to lead when I, all I have ever done is follow at this point, mm-hmm. which he does become a, a, his own little cute little leader of his pack of like him and Theo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, season six. <laughs> well, and it's, it's interesting and it's also, I mean, it's kind of sad because Liam has been through so, so much transition 
already because I, I don't know. I think it's, um, he did not want this. <laughs> he did not want Hashtag this. You been. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not only that, it's not just the werewolfness of it all. It's that his entire life was uprooted. He went to a completely different school in like the seemingly the middle of the year or, yeah. um, you know, he doesn't get to experience high school in the way that he thought he was going to. Um, like sweet baby angel cannot catch a break. No, he really can. Can I also say, hmm. speaking of like, he went to the high school in the middle of, of last year and it's been six months. So we got through the summer. Why didn't Teen Wolf ever have a high school musical two season where they all work at a country club? <laughs> What time is it? Summertime. We never got like a summer season. Uh, yeah. Or even just like a summer episode, I don't think. Yeah. That is kind of a bummer. Let them go to the pool. Let them, let them go to camp. Let them, let them be camp counselors. Let them steal beer from their parents and drink it in parking lots. Yeah. Which you can do during not the school year, like during the school year, but you know, the summer vibes. It would be very, very funny to me to watch them like plan a beach day. They never even go to the beach. beach. Come on. They're in California. And I understand that there are lots, there are millions of people in California who do not live near the beach, but that is what would make it funny. Well, also like they plan the day. They go, they do the four hour drive or whatever. Yes. It's like a big um plot point it's not a plot point but it's like a joke in crazy ex-girlfriend that west covina is two and a half hours from the beach but it's like five in traffic (laughs) and there's a whole episode where they're like on a party bus just going to the beach and it is excellent there could have been a party bus episode of teen wolf julia let's go to the beach each let's go get away yeah Yeah. well easier for us we live (laughs) um like we spit out the window and it lands in lake michigan so so it's a little it's a little more understandable when we go to the beach yeah yeah. Um, let's move on. Two. Can we talk about Malia? Yes. Malia is in what um, I would kind of refer to as like a gray area in this episode. She has no idea if she's going to even be allowed to make the transition that she's desperate to make. In uh, limbo. Yeah. In mm-hmm. limbo. Totally. Um Malia and the Bardo, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, and it's really frustrating, not because she fears the transition, but she fears the lack of it. So she is kind of having the opposite problem that Liam is having. I'm also picturing what if Malia got held back and <laughs> the next season was just her and Liam. <laughs> the destruction, the property destruction. <laughs> the spinoff, yeah. Um, uh. And it's really kind of interesting to me that she is trying to be really realistic about her situation, about the fact that she has clearly struggled in school because there has been little to no social support, as we have seen, um, actually aiding her in her re-entrance into society. And Scott and Styles are both being a little bit like, yeah, but you'll be fine, which is like the last thing you want to hear when you're actually worried that you might not be. Yeah. It would be really frustrating to me. To have somebody say it to me when what they need to be saying is, if you don't make it, that's okay. Because this isn't really technically life or death. It just changes the way that she interacts with her friend group. And and also her perception of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is really like her. This is an issue of, you know, her own self-worth and how she sees herself and the way that she interacts with society. And it's it's really sort of depressing that it a little bit feels like she's in on that on her own. Yeah. 
Um, I know that we've talked about this and it's like beating a dead horse at this point, but, um, Malia should have, um, like a crazy amount of accommodations. And at this point, I really do just think that like the kindest, she would not be in public school. She either would not be in public school or it would be more of like a socialization thing where like you'd be working in a resource room, but it's important to pass you up the grades to like keep you in your social circles, um, for that kind of stability and um i don't i don't know i don't want to speculate that teen wolf was like making a statement on disability rights they did not think about it at all i assure you (laughs) not at all but i mean i think like what malia is facing is like very common for um people who kind of struggle in that way um where there isn't much of a support at all um and I, I think a lot of people don't get um, how difficult it is mm-hmm. to be in that limbo of like, am I going to get the support that I need? Am I going to achieve what I'm going to achieve? Because it doesn't align with everybody else's experiences. Yeah. And I think for that reason, it actually is pretty intelligent that Scott and Styles aren't, you know, yeah, being realistic with her or don't even necessarily think that they're not being realistic. Like it's, it's sort of the automatic would be like, well, we're all going to make it right. And styles mm-hmm. is so caught up in, in his own thing that I don't necessarily think he's really thinking about it that much at all, but it would be frustrating. Um, but ultimately the best thing about it is that she does find out that she's going to be a senior. She gets to graduate. And that's really interesting. What's episode is that she's one of the transitions that we see come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds out that she passed summer school um, and gets to be a senior. And that is, Awesome because it's it's honestly we don't see Malia win all that much, so when she deserves she does, the win, she deserves it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you ever take summer school? Uh, no. I probably should have for math. <laughs> I had to take it for math. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually didn't have to. Like I passed all my math classes, but I wanted to boost my transcript. Mm-hmm. Well, I did like math tutoring during the summer. Yeah. Because I was very bad at it. I. I have said this before, all AP classes in remedial math my <laughs> senior year of high school. So yeah, math. So if you're like us, dummies. yeah, don't worry. I've never used math in adult life. If you're in high school and you're like, I can't do it. Never used it except for calculating tip. Yeah. Um, never once has algebra been a part of my day to day. You don't even need to know how to do math when you file your taxes. <laughs> you really don't. There's, you know, if you have a calculator, it helps. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah. And also the computer does it yep. for you for the most part. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, you know, if you're any of my parents listening to this, you didn't hear that from me. I did my tax forms by myself, not on the computer. I'm lying to you. What? No, I did I I did do it on the computer. But oh. they think it's important to do it by hand. No. <laughs> um anyway. Uh, yeah, so it is really great that we see Malia move on, um, especially when I think the sort of issue of trans, like transience is going to be, um, pervasive in this season. Uh, I think it's only appropriate now that if we're talking about Malia, we move into Styles. So tell me a little bit about Styles, Julia. Well, Styles is just a big ball of nerves. This whole his line about being like I'm always anxious. You should be used to my smell. Was that should very just funny. be how Styles smells. Yeah, just in general, just like a baseline. How do we anxiety. think the characters in Teen Wolf smell? Scott Scott smells like handsome man. <laughs> um, Malia smells like the woods. <laughs> Malia smells like the woods. I feel like Lydia smells like a very expensive perfume. Yeah. Um, yes. And 
Kira. Hmm. And what does Kira smell like? I feel like there is a level to which she would smell like. I'm gonna say this, and you're gonna be like, "What ozone?" But I mean that in like the, the electricity rain? way. Yeah, the rain smell. Yeah, she's yeah. smelling like rain because she's an electric slide. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And Liam would smell like an unspecified Bath and Body Works scent. <laughs> no, he would smell like teenage boy. <laughs> Him and Styles would both smell like teenage boy. Um, and Derek smells like even handsomer man. <laughs> It's it's just his handsome man. Okay, wait, we've said this before. <laughs> Peter smells like Axe. He smells like Axe body spray. I look at him and he smells like Axe. He is the guy that gets into an elevator with you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, And you're alone. like, I'm literally going to asphyxiate in this elevator. <laughs> it's the V-neck. It's the V-neck. Literally, if he were wearing crew necks, I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. I would have no reason to think it, but no. the V-neck is what And does I it. don't think that Ian Bowen smells bad. I think no. Peter smells bad. Very specifically. Yes. <laughs> um, sorry, back to Styles, who stinks of anxiety. Mm-hmm. He is very much overthinking um, his you know, journey into senior year. I think that it is atypical to be really unexcited about starting senior year and very typical to be anxious about ending it. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you're going to go to college. And if you do, you're not sure about what your life is going to look like there. But I remember being a senior year and being like, I'm queen. Yeah. I, nobody can touch you get me. To, you get to I was run still the school. bullied, but like, <laughs> but that was by other seniors. You, it's such a sense of like empowerment. It's a girl boss moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I own this bitch, even though I forgot my lunch money. <laughs> um, uh, this is my school. Yeah, exactly. My turf. So it is atypical to 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 be like that, but I it, I think it really speaks a lot to Styles' character that he is always speaking in terms of eternity with his friends. Um, because one, he's pr- it's been proven that he doesn't actually, you know they don't have forever in, in their lives with their friends. Um, and we bring that kind of up later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does feel like everything is on a timer and that's a little bit part of the conversation he has with Scott when Scott is talking about regressing to the mean. So of course styles is thinking six months, nine months ahead, trying to plan their whole lives about where they're all going to go to college and how they can all live in San Francisco together. He's like, we could get a two-bedroom. Okay, good luck getting a two-bedroom in San Francisco. You guys are all living in a punk squat together. Most people cannot afford a box in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, There's a housing crisis um, everywhere, but also, like, yeah, especially there. Especially, yeah. Um, well, we, we've said a lot that, like, Styles is um, Scott's general like he does all of the planning like he is he is the person who does the projections um and it's so typical of him to be um kind of assigning people things he just he just takes it as a given that Lydia's gonna go to Stanford yeah she doesn't does she I don't know I don't remember I don't, I don't remember, remember where everyone goes um yeah he just kind of takes it as a given that he is going to be able to um and I, I don't mean this word in a negative way, but to manipulate all of his friends so that they don't have to leave each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I think part of that is just because like Styles has a single parent. So his friends are just like, so, so important to him. He doesn't have any siblings like they're nobody has life. like cousins on like the most extended family we see is the Argents. 
And it's just that Allison has an aunt. Yes. And uh, an uncle who died in Motel California. <laughs> uh, nobody has any siblings. Yeah. Weird. Weird. I can't imagine um, not having siblings. I don't but... know, though. I was thinking about how, how you talked about how, like, Buffy doesn't have siblings. Like, there's no siblings in Buffy until there is. Mm-hmm. You know? There's, like, not really any siblings in... I mean, this is also because it's partially based in comics, but like, there's not really siblings in Smallville. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, there are in Riverdale, though. Yeah. Oh, there's also siblings in Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I also, like, I, I'm sometimes hesitant to compare Gossip Girl to Teen Wolf because very different, but also teen shows is teen shows. A teen show is a teen show is a teen show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but back to Styles. Uh-huh. Um... His way of managing his anxiety, and I deeply, deeply relate to this, is, like, considering all of the scenarios. Yeah. Um, and his little breakdown towards the end of this episode is him finally admitting that he can't possibly control all of the scenarios. And it's not just about whether or not there's a timer on his and his friends' lives, but, okay, just say that, you know, they all do make it. What if they're not friends anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Which is so hard and, to think about. And they introduced that as obviously early in this season to be, you know, the underlying tension anxiety yeah. before we actually get to the point where they have their little fallout. Um, it's interesting to me that he's worried about not being friends with his high school friends because I don't remember that being a, a huge worry of mine, primarily because my, my best friend in high school was a year older than me. So she had already graduated by the time I got to being a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, hi Maggie. And, I don't know. It feels, I don't want to say that it feels out of character because styles is obsessed with his friend group working in the way that it best serves everybody. You know, he's like mm-hmm. pack manager. <laughs> um, yes. I just, um, this would feel like a more, um, typical anxiety, maybe moving after three B Mm-hmm. where he would be worried about people not being able to forgive him or, or whatever, what have you. But yeah, I mean, he is clearly in a place where nobody seems to want to take his anxieties about this transi- transition seriously, which would be in- exceptionally frustrating, a little bit the way that he's treating Malia. So I'm a little bit like, um, you guys need to start recognizing yourself in the <laughs> other. Uh, and and ultimately, his his anxiety about the, the pack falling apart is, is the thesis of this season. And um, that's really interesting. And we're going to see some serious transition move on as the pack falls apart and then comes back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested, interested to see that. And we had a bunch of people reach out talking about what they're excited about in season five. And a lot of people are really excited to see the work that Dylan O'Brien does in this season. And I am as always. Always. Yeah. Um, so we talk a little bit about Scott. Scott McCall. Scott, who seems very zen. So with it. And I really think the sort of knowledge. The regression to the mean. um, Phraseology that Deaton imparted on him has given him a sort of, and I a little bit also think the sort of like Satomi, like the sun, the moon, the truth, like a balance of the universe type ideas Mm -hmm. have centered Scott. And we're also coming off in the heels of Derek leaving, which is never really addressed unless I'm misremembering things. Um, I mean, he he shows up in his naked wolf form. Um, hot. At the end of se- <laughs> oh, so hot at the end of season four. Um, and then just Tyler Hecklin, if you're out there. 
you're beautiful. Um, and but he like Tyler Hoechlin's not in the credits anymore. Like he is gone, and so Scott is kind of at this point beyond Satomi, who doesn't really play much of a role going forward. He's like the authority. Yeah, in Beacon Hills, and I think that he is. Um, he feels much more comfortable with that concept now. Um, given that he's going to be a senior and he's figured out his true alpha power, he's got a handle on Liam ish. Yeah. Um, Liam's like on a baby leash. He is. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's like, you know, you know, those, um, like little backpacks that have a leash on them. So it doesn't look like you've put a a leash around your child. (laughs) It's not like a belt, but it's like, Oh, they've got a cute monkey on the back and they're attached to their child, their parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Liam's going on. We need to stop judging parents with baby leashes because I've met children with ADHD. (laughs) It's for the best. Yes. Um, I, the uh, the choice between having my kid on a baby leash versus having my kid get run over by a car, no contest. Yeah, baby leash. <laughs> baby leash. You know what I love? Baby chains. Baby chains. When yeah. you see the, the when you okay, because we have like three preschools within like half a mile of our apartment, and there's always like just them out all holding the little <laughs> chain ropes in their little like construction vests. And it's it is so cute. It's especially funny during the winter when they're all wearing like a twenty extra pounds of <laughs> coats and hats, and you, they can't you gotta so much winter clothes as a little kid it's so cute they just waddle the snow pants and the snow coat and the hat and the mittens so you can't hold the chain very well well. it's really hard to be three yeah three-year-olds are like ducklings except they don't have the automatic impetus to follow in line so they have to hold on to the rope Yes, um, and every time I see it, I just hear the um, duck tune from the Aristocats when they're walking yeah. and when they're marching. Yeah, super cute. Okay, so back to Scott. Um, <laughs> done with <laughs> and that his bullshit. baby chain. Yeah, and his baby chain on Liam. Um, <laughs> Scott McCall baby trapped himself when he bit Liam. <laughs> I understand, like, I do understand in the moment, in the moment that, like, that is what needed to happen. But when you're not immersed in season four and you think back to the fact that Scott bit him to keep him from falling off the building, it's just so funny. He baby trapped himself. But Scott, you're right. Like, I think now Scott has become... I think Scott's, you know, after ascending to true alpha, any further ascension he is prepared for, you know, and that's what kind of keeps him so zen in this episode. And I think, you know, why he's not unhelpful to any, I mean, by any means, he's a little bit more comforting to Liam than anybody else. But I think he's a little bit like, I refuse to be stressed out about the, the transition to come because I think that I have the capabilities of handling it. Yeah, it is so much less about um, preventing what's to come than it is just kind of accepting that things are going to change for the better or for the worse. And he literally has no power over that. Yes. Um, I had- The wisdom to know <laughs> the difference, you know. Oh, exactly. And yeah. I admire that because I'm not even... I have fully gone beyond being a senior in high school and I still cannot manage the whole things are going to happen and I can't do anything about it. I'm like, I have I a mental breakdown if the train is late. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's quickly jump in and do a quick touch in on Kira, Lydia, Parrish and Theo 
all of whom are not major players in this episode, um, but do experience transitions in their own way, but will further do that later in the season. Kira, Lydia, Parrish, especially. Theo, his growth comes later. Um, Lydia, Theo, and Parrish, uh, and Kira actually didn't mean to include Theo in that list. Um, The three that we already know about are all people whose powers we know that they have and we have no idea um, just how uh, big their powers are and what they can do with them. And um, so they're all just in a state of transition from even season four. Yeah. Um, And I mean, Lydia has been, you know, on her Banshee journey for quite some time now. Um, So it's just interesting. I'm glad that we've still got uh, Kira doing her sword skills. Yes. And I, I find it interesting that you, you know, we say like Lydia is, is kind of trying to is on her, has been on her journey for so much longer than these two other, but they all kind of seem in similar places. Mm -hmm. And what I think that that really marks is that, um, Lydia's powers are so much more complicated and abstract than Kira's are per se, but Kira's are obviously harder to control. And mm-hmm. then we're still not entirely sure what Parrish is or what he's bringing to the table. So all of a sudden we have all these people not really understanding what is physically happening to them or how they are affecting their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lydia is getting a little bit more used to finding bodies. Terrible, terrible, horrible. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But I don't think that Kira, you know, Kira, a little bit powered down last season. I don't think she's quite threatened yet by the transition she's yet she's about to go through because it hasn't quite set in yet. Whereas I think Parrish is tired of being treated with the baby gloves because mm-hmm. obviously the sheriff is like, uh, please sit where I can see you until we know what mythical creature you are. Yeah. Um, only to realize that he maybe needed the baby gloves a little bit more because he is attacked on his, um, noise complaint call. And it also, I, I mean, like I can't imagine what it would be like to, um, learn that you are unkillable, which is what he's going through at the moment. Being immortal would be horrible. Yeah. Just the worst. Um, and, like Paris is just the epitome of I lived bitch. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and he also, um, is like a mythical creature that we, we later learn, um, is kind of a transitional, like he, he helps dead people transition, I guess. Yeah. He's like the dude in the underworld who rows the boat. Yes. If you know that guy's name, it'll, it'll come to me as soon as we switch off. Yeah. I'm Um, sure. Um, and we are about to see incredible transition from all three of them. And Theo, again, we, the transition we experience from Theo is from known to like unknown to known quantity. Mm-hmm. So Scott approaches his unknown as being evil as being good. And Scott in styles approaches it as evil. And then later his known quantity is to be evil. And we will see that transition as we go on. Shall we move into questions and observations? Let's do it. Do you have any questions? I do. Go ahead. I do. Um, the, you don't have to answer this. I just, every, every goddamn time we watch this show, I'm like, how big is Beacon Hills? We, we can't keep talking about how this. How big we, is no, it? No, shut up. We can't, we can't um, do that again. It has been six months. Why can't Kira use her power yet? 
Like, why haven't we seen her use her powers? Yeah. I mean, it's just like she whips out her sword. And I guess like if she Where, were using her electricity, it's raining. Other people would be electrocuted. But like not even a little. Yeah. Come not on. even a little. Where is it? Um, And also, I am just curious as to like how senior scribe stays a secret. Because it seems like it's been a really, like, a long-standing tradition. Does no one go into the library? It's like senior skip day. It's senior skip day. It's like, oh, that's bad. Don't do it. They all know you do it. You just, you know. But I think it's supposed to be a secret. Like, they won't tell Liam what it is. Well, I think that you find out. I Well, I think that probably there are underclassmen who know, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's, I, I it's, think it's sweet. It's like, I remember, like, I... Actually, I don't know if I can tell the story. I'll tell it anyway. I remember that I knew I was going to get hazed in college and like telling my classmates that we were going to get hazed. And they were like, and I only knew that because of my older sister. And then when people were mad that my class knew, but I just knew, you know, I was going to tell them, mm-hmm. but other classes wouldn't know if we didn't tell them, you know, yeah. I think it just happens like that. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a very sweet. Senior crab is really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those were my my questions for this episode. Cool. Anyway. I have no questions. I never have questions. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think too hard about it. <laughs> um, do you have any observations? Um, yes, I do. Um, Malia and Styles are both wearing plaid. Cute. And she's like, I feel like she's probably wearing his shirt. Aww. It's adorable. Um, I, I like that. I thought that a lot of the music cues in this episode were really weird. Oh my God, yeah. Just bizarre. Um, it felt like nothing was ever happening at the right part in the song. Yeah, and there was so little um, silence, especially because like this episode was so action packed. Mm-hmm. Um, like it felt weird to have music playing under that very serious conversation that Styles and Malia are having. Um, it, it just felt off to me, and um, I loved the uh, the mention of the wild hunt. Yeah. So yeah. so early. So early. I love setting those 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 stepping stones. That was mm-hmm. that was cool. Um one, we learned that the dread doctors have titles. Oh, my observations. Sorry, announcing myself. Uh we learned that the dread doctors have titles. It's a pathologist, <laughs> a surgeon, and a geneticist. And I feel like oh, we got so close to the end of this episode without any sirens and then we were betrayed by the city of Chicago. <laughs> constantly who lit your apartment building on fire but prayers up hope everybody's okay yeah we we assure you we're we're praying for your safety Mm -hmm. um so that was weird um okay this is annoying and maybe nitpicky but when lydia is sort of fighting her way out of eichenhaus there's literally no reason why lydia should have any fighting ability we've never seen her fight she has no reason to ever fight and all of a sudden she's like doing like wrapping her legs around people's head flippity doodah no i will say that i really i think that the physical manifestation of the banshee powers is super cool i love that she can like blast someone into a wall by screaming oh, the at fact them. that she has like sonic boom ish is yeah great, it's but super cool but it hand-to-hand combat i was like where the hell did that come from where where yeah. did it come from yeah um Oh, I laughed really hard at the line when they had, I guess, the previous full moon, they had to pick up Liam at the police station or something <laughs> because animal control got called about a naked wolf boy running through the streets. Um, and they were like, why were you naked? And he was like, it was hot. <laughs> Understandable. That made me laugh. I thought that was cute. I love when Liam gets humor moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what was I thinking? Oh, I love a kiss in the rain. Yes. The Skira kiss in the rain was great. Yeah. Scott and Kira forever, except for when I ship 
different people with Scott. <laughs> the ship that you ship on Teen Wolf is a ship that's happening. Yes. Um, um, I, I love the rain scene. And it's very, well, Russell Mulcahy directed this, and it, it, is so, it was so reminiscent of the final fight scene in, in Highlander. Um, I thought when uh, Styles says to Scott after he writes Allison's initials, like it's like she's still here and Lydia says she still is, I thought that was really wonderful because I don't think we always get reminded how important Allison was to Lydia. Mm, yes. And it was really important to me that Lydia had that line because Lydia really did lose her best friend. And like, I could not imagine losing my best friend. So you're not allowed to die, no. by the way. I, I promise I won't. Thanks. Um, uh, I, I also said the wild hunt and uh, okay. I, uh, this, uh, was this a pandering to the Steric shippers oh God. to have Styles notice Derek's initials? Why wouldn't Scott notice Derek's initials? I wouldn't see DH and assume it was Derek Hale at all. I know a lot of people with a lot of like different combos that have the same initials. I just, that felt pandery, right? It really did. It really, really did. Um, I mean... To be honest, I think if they were going to give the Allison moment to Scott, which they had to, mm-hmm. uh, or they could have given it to Lydia. See, I think that that's where it was weird to me is that's how it was kind of like reflected. Yes. Um, but I think like you, it would have been weird to have um, Scott see Derek and then add the Allison thing. Okay. It's like too much. Then I say, um, was the Derek thing um, important, necessary? No. Okay. No. <laughs> also like, n- here's my thing. Ship what you ship. Don't give a shit. Unless it's bad. You know what I mean. <laughs> we, it's just if, one if it, thing. It's it, just the one thing no, and we all know what it is. It's many. But if it's Lydia and Parrish, it's bad. Oh, I was not thinking about Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, girly pop. Um, ship what you ship. But that, I was like, that is fan service. It has to be. It has to be. Um, I I think that the um, hallucination um, Lydia Parrish almost kissed is fan service, too. And I was like... Ooh. Ew. Ooh. Ew. she like runs his get heart. a job stay away from her get a job and stay away from her you are 24 she is 18 what i am 25 i do not even want to look at 18 year olds i don't want them anywhere near me that little girl is a child <laughs> yes yeah um okay that was the last of my observations do you have an alpha of the week oh i forgot do you want to give us our pack stats Let's do it. We had a lot of eyes. This season, we have a lot of um, eyes and claws because the chimeras have both of those and they love to use them. Um, so we had seven eyes, three claws, um, no shirts. I mean, people's shirts get ripped open, but no one's naked. Uh, no ads that I saw. And one siren thus far. Yes. Do you have an alpha of the week? Scott. I guess it's good. actually Malia. Congrats on making it to be Con- senior year. And she lifted a tree all and by herself. Did. Yes. Congrats to Malia. Our alpha of the, the week. week. <laughs> it never gets to be her. So if it, do we have the chance? I, Give yes. her the win. Give yeah. her the W. Yeah. This one's for the girls. Um, well, wow. I think that about wraps it up for our first episode of season five of the Teen Wolf Rewolf. Is that nuts? I'm having a hard time believing it myself. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. well, I, I hope we I hope we did well. <laughs> um, if you guys like this episode, I hope you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Teen Wolf underscore Rewolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at Teen Wolf Rewolf and our Facebook group is Teen Wolf Rewolf Podcast. A lot of fun discussion happening in there. I love being able to like share ideas and memes and 
nonsense. Um, if you really liked this episode, like I said at the beginning, you can leave us a review on iTunes so we can find new followers and new listeners and new Teen Wolf fans to talk to. New Teen Wolf friends to talk to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you really, really liked this episode, you guys can donate to our coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. Um, yeah, it's just to cover the cost of the podcast. Uh, we're not expecting anything crazy, but we are eternally grateful to those who have donated so far. Um, we can't believe that that is, you know, that we're important enough in your life to do that. So um, endless thanks. Other than that, I have been Christian. I've been Julia. And we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Uh, woo!